All right, welcome everybody. Going to get started here shortly. Hey, Nate. Hey, yeah, gotcha, Kay. Welcome. Awesome. How'd you Hello, dig everyone? go? Having a good day so far, Kay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to figure out my mic. Give me one second. Yeah, you bet. How about you, Sean? I got you there. Yeah, it's got me loud and clear. Yeah. Can you hear me I do. Hear you loud and clear. Good stuff. Hope you had a good, good morning. Yeah, certainly. Certainly a good morning today. It's been a good week all the way around. Good weekend. Nice and busy. I know you had a good day yesterday, so you, you inspired me after I was talking to you and went out and had a, a great second half of my day, too. And uh, so, yeah, it's been a good weekend. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Let's cap off the weekend with a little bit of chart analysis. I like it. I say we get right into it here. We'll let Kay uh, sort out his mic here for a minute. But while he's doing that, just a quick look at what we've got going on for the week. Last week, S&P was up 3.48%. Nice big move across the board. Um, but yeah, that put it at a uh, positive 7% for the year. The Dow is now in positive territory. It was up 3.22% last week. NASDAQ up 3.37 last week and now a whopping positive 16.77 on the year. Uh, Russell 2K at positive 3.89 for the week, now at 2.34 to the upside for the year. And Bitcoin flat over the last five days or so. Um, I had it down half a percent this morning, but up 70, 70% on the year and just continuing to crush it. Um, yeah, something else, right? Not, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Not there what, were a couple, couple of headlines uh, last week as well. Sorry, go ahead, Sean. No, go ahead. Uh, I think I was the one jumping in there, but Kay, what headlines did you get? Yeah, so I think we had a PCE, which was the personal consumption expenditure, which is highly watched by the, the Federal Reserve. So the PCE headline increased 5% instead of 51 uh, the core PC was 4.6 came in. It was expected 4.7. So, so good, so good numbers on that uh, because the personal income rose more than the expenditure. So that that's a good sign. And uh, I know that the fear and greed index. We started looking into these uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah. We were in a fear environment, and I think at end of Friday we have moved to the neutral level. So that that's uh, that's a bullish sign that the market is uh, rising a lot of bullish momentum moving forward. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, big difference from last uh, couple weeks prior with the bank's uncertainty and all the volatility around that. So we got, Absolutely. Do we have big earnings this week? Okay, I have not even looked into earnings yet. I was, no, I'm getting lazy no. and relying on you. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. There, there isn't much earning. Uh, the Q1 earnings are pretty much wrapping up. There are small companies that are reporting earnings, which we don't generally follow. Uh, give it two more weeks, and then we will be having the big ones coming back up for Q2. That will be banks will kicking it off with Netflix and a couple of tech stocks. Yeah, I like it. They'll, they'll, that's going to be very interesting. I think there's a lot of folks calling for uh, the earnings season coming up to be the, I guess, like the check to the markets. And um, if we have poor earnings, we'll see that reversal. So uh, the charts, though, are all lining up with that bullish sentiment you mentioned swinging from the fear uh, side of the index to neutral and so i think we should just jump right into it and and take a look first chart we have up as always is spides uh what i posted this week and um really it's just this wedge i continue to uh, call out the wedge pattern and um we're right at the top of it closed the end of the day uh last week right at the top of this pattern and you know it could reverse uh right at this point in pivot it's not always so clean um but it's definitely worth noting that we're at the top of this wedge uh you can see we've touched on either side um sean i've kind of stolen your highlights with uh using the circles there but i didn't i didn't color them blue notice that these are just uh they're, they're like merely circles for everyone yeah i love it and it's just it's merely a wannabe version of what you've got going on i noticed this after i posted the charts i'm like oh look at that i totally stole sean's circles <laughs> um, but the other thing I'll note is MACD, and I've and uh, I've noticed this on a number of charts we'll look at today. The MACD indicator at the bottom there, when you see the uh, crossover that, like that we're seeing um, with the short term of, uh, across the the longer term line, that's the the white line crossing above there. And then as we get above the the baseline at zero, 
um, that's all positive, and that's what we're seeing. So um, we could see a breakout next week, um, given all this positive indication. A lot of good volume last week is what I saw as well. Um, so that's what I wanted to highlight on, on this chart. Sean, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did, love the circles. Uh, I, I like the way you've done the ovals instead. So you've got the ovals and I've got the circles. That's a good call. I'm um, going to go with ovals. Same sort of wavelength. <laughs> you can keep the ovals. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the push through the free moving averages is really, really good for the last week or so. Um, it bounced off of the 50. I think that one is the darker blue one. Was that, that, that the darker blue one or was that the 150? That's the 150. That and 100, yeah. 150, yeah. But we are above so that 50 there now. Yeah. Oh, is that right? I, I was, I've been head down. But do we have a shorter week? Do we not have a yeah. Friday? It's good Friday. It is good Friday yeah, already. Good Friday. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so short week. Yeah. I, that's a good call. Something to pay attention to, um, especially for options traders. And okay, we'll talk about that a bit. I'm looking at your chart uh, on Spy, Sean, um, and you've got some interesting lines drawn here. You want to talk about those? Yeah, of course. Um, so the red line that we've got through which is trend line that's kind of a negative one uh, similar to yours so that's the kind of trend line that I've drawn a little bit different just kind of a bit short of where the trend line I've drawn there uh, it's probably the same sort of thing but mm -hmm. just uh, yeah so then we've got the blue one which is also could possibly be a channel moving upwards so basically I've drawn my you know probably little blue circles and I've got 412 and 427 obviously the rough amounts are not perfect I mean, it doesn't happen in the next two three days it could happen in one day uh, we don't we don't know that, of course, but I think if we were to break through that red line, um, which we've just been speaking about with your chart, we'd be looking to move up to that blue line, um, definitely around about 4.24, 4.28 sort of level, depending obviously on the time frame that how long that takes. But yeah, I, I did put in levels in here just to talk about the trends um, this week for SPY, and you can kind of see if you just take a little look back from, or, you know, move back from the screen a bit, you can see that kind of channel moving upwards. So um, a positive momentum in the last Yeah, so making higher highs and higher lows. That's what I'm seeing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is a nice channel that's uh, starting to form. And I like how you use these price targets um, utilizing those channels, right? Both the downtrend and uptrend. And uh, yeah, no, I think these are great. 412, 424, 427. Um, and again, you know, we mention this every week. This is all for entertainment and educational purposes. We are not financial advisors. Um, but we do like to go through these charts and let you guys know what we're thinking, and hopefully it helps you with, you know, what you, how you analyze your your charts and your head into your trading for the week. So, uh, given that, looking at the next chart we have in the list, I think it's the Qs. I did not post on the QQQ this week, but you've got some levels here. Uh, what do you got here, Sean? Yeah, so the Qs for me this week, but I did draw lines instead of trend lines, um, just because I thought they're a bit more. Uh, cemented, shall we say? So we've just moved through the 311. Spoke about that at the beginning of, uh, well, the end of last week on the last space call. Um, you can see that level we were kind of holding. We just blasted straight through it. Yeah. Through the 311, uh, straight up to 320, which is an absolutely incredible move. Um, same as the spy. We had a nice full candle to end on Friday. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that sort of momentum, but I think that's bullish. Uh, so if we can get a nice little push, but well. We can see it's overextended um, a little bit, but I don't know how you feel about that. We'll get your thoughts in a second. But if we do push through 324, we could easily see 333. I don't see much in the way of um, anything stopping it. There's no moving averages, no more resistance lines that I've seen. Um, the volume is looking good. So obviously above all the moving averages. So we, we could be non-stop to 333, but again, we'll, we'll see. I don't know what your thoughts are on this chart. Yeah, Cave, given all this, I mean, I think what we're seeing in both SPY and the QQQ charts, and for what Sean's posting and what I've got, um, it looks very bullish, just like we were indicating with the, the fear and greed index. Um, are you seeing anything? What would you add, I guess, from what you're seeing on, on both the SPY and Qs? Yeah, so I think, 
Let's start off with the put and call ratio for the last five days. So the put and call ratio is dropped to 0.88 as opposed to 0.96 when we started last week. So that's a bullish indicator. For the April 6th expiration, so this is mostly for options traders uh, if you trade options, it's definitely bullish. On the SPY, we have 19,000 open interest at 410 and 33,000 open interest at 414. Versus if you look at the put options, you only have 12,000 at 400 and it drops to 6,300 at 399, which is just a dollar. And mostly for QQQ and SPY, if you notice, most of the big or a, a, a chunk of open interest always happens at the $5 level. So whether it's 390, 395, 400, 405, you'll see bulk of options at those levels. But, you know, we can see a drastic decline in, uh, in the put options. Same with QQQ. There are 6,000 plus calls at 325, but then it reduces to 5,900 at 315, which is $10 lower. Generally, we don't see Q dropping $10 unless there's a big market event that happens. And then it drops even further at you know 312 or so. So that's, I'm still seeing very bullish options, uh, at least for next week expiration. If you do a weekly trade, that's how you know I look at it. Yeah, the really near term. And so, so what I'm looking at with your QQQ chart, Sean, and tying into what Kay is saying is, you know, we're at, we have these like very defined, these are uh, cleaner looking levels than what we've been able to look at, I think in past weeks, right? You can see where in the past we've come up to this 311 level and rejected a couple of times. And now we've gotten back above it and, you know, well, blast, as you said, blasted right through it last week. So um, that's now your support level, right? I would, I would say if you're going into a trade, an idea that might, you might, might consider would be, you know, going in here and targeting, as Sean was talking about, the, the targets above, if you get above that 324, there's not a lot in the way, all the way to 333. So those are nice price targets for taking profit, I think. And your risk to the downside is that 311 support. You don't want to see it break, right? Um, so uh, it's a, it's a, not the, it's not a, you know, big skew there. It's not like you're getting three to one to the upside with respect to downside. But you could tighten up your risk level on the on the downside. You could pull that up to about a three fifteen, I think, and get away with it. Um, but that would be a little tighter. You might get stopped out um, in the trade like that. But just to kind of talk through that, that's where my thoughts were at when I was looking at this chart and seeing your price levels. I like I like using those as targets at, for both risk management and uh, profit taking. Yeah, I think if, if just on that, if we have any listeners that want to chime in with any of their thoughts on the charts, then feel free to request to speak and um, we'll obviously let you speak on, on the charts. Yeah, and if you'd rather just drop a comment, there's the, uh, the, the bubble in the bottom right there. You can drop comments or uh, shoot a DM and uh, we'll try to get to any additional charts we can. And if we don't get them this week, uh, definitely get at them next week. Take notes. We've done that in the past and we've got some charts. Actually, Baba is on the list today and that's one that uh, we had a request in past weeks and now it's in the rotation. So. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks for the... One thing we're good at is, is requests. Yeah, requests are fantastic. Um, so, yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Sean. So next on the list is Google. And, Kay, you had some interest in Google. Why don't you uh, lead us off here? I've got a chart posted. Um, looks like it might be breaking out, but what are your thoughts? So if we zoom out on Google, I, I start seeing that it is making lower highs. So there is it's on a downtrend. However, if you focus on more of a weekly or even year-to-date chart, you will see that this is breaking out. But uh, on the FIB level, I do think that there is a, a, a resistance at 108 that we will get. And this is kind of, you can see if you are going to acquire Google stock through options, which I love, uh, using cash secured puts, you can do a weekly, which I'm doing at this point in time. So there are a lot of call options at 6,000 6, plus open interest at 105, then Know, similar 6,000, you know, open interest around 110. So that's those are the levels I'll watch. But then if you look at the put side, it just keeps dropping at maybe a thousand open interest at every single dollar uh, gap. So that's what I'm seeing. If you zoom out and look at a larger time frame, it's on the downward trend. Mm -hmm. But if you focus more on uh, a five day or a monthly chart, it does look like it's going to break out. But I think on the Feb level, 108 is my resistance that I'm watching. 
Yeah, nice. 108. So that's basically yeah. where we got to in that fake breakout that I've got in the chart here, um, you know, earlier in the year in January, January, February timeframe. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like to identify channels, but one thing I wanted to note here is you know, channels aren't always super clean. And you could see it's actually more normal to see uh, these little head head fakes either to the upside or, you know, fake breakouts to the or breakdowns below. Um, and what I've seen in the past is usually this is a, a precursor. Either you're going, and it's not, you know, it's not necessarily going to indicate one direction or another. But what you're seeing here is some momentum trying to build, right? The buyers are coming in, trying to push us above this channel, establish 100 maybe it looks like about $100 as the new support level, and then start to push higher. And if they get exhausted and the sellers come in more so than buyers can support, well, that's going to push it right back down through um, that hundred level, and you know, right back at that down into the channel. So, um, it's a very interesting spot, I think, and a, and a good one to be watching this week. And I like your wheel strategy. That's a uh, uh, how's that been working for you, Sean? Or excuse me, okay. <laughs> I I I've been doing it for three weeks now, for uh, along with Intel, and so far I haven't been assigned. Uh, I don't play, uh, I mean, I generally uh, use a delta of maybe between 20 and 25. So generally 30 okay. would be ideal where you get the most premium and most likely you'll get a sign. Uh, but I'm being a little bit more conservative in this market because I do think that um, as the earning season starts to pick up, we may see a drawdown if the major players or the mega caps, they report any weakness in the future outlook for Q3, Q4, and of course, you know, once they report earnings for the Q1. So I, I'm being a little bit more uh, conservative in the option strategy, but I would definitely want to use uh, Google as one of the uh, real strategy uh, candidate because it does provide a decent amount of premium. Yeah, I like your strategy there. So basically, you're selling options a little further out of the money, so you can still collect premium, but... Uh, not risk getting your shares called away or assigned. Um, exactly. Yeah, which is great. And, you know, you've got me thinking, I've got this 106.59 level here noted as what I wanted to see us get above, but maybe 108, uh, given the options information out there, a uh, stronger level to be paying attention to. So, Sean, given this chart, um, any any additional comments you have? What do you see? Um, I see kind of bullish momentum off the moving averages. Yeah, you nice. can see that. So if you if you had this as like a five minute chart, and the open was I don't know somewhere down on that uh, the touch of the, the yellow moving average, that uh, twenty must be twenty. Mm -hmm. And then say for example it opened up on the day and it went you know eight candles in a row, pulled back, bounced off a previous support line. You, that would be your entry. You sure would. would be just below it. Sure so would. Just looking at it from a different perspective like that, this looks like a great setup. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's a really good way to look at it. And you're absolutely right. I would be diving in. If this was a day trade setup, um, I would go in with a lot of confidence into a trade like this, especially given that big candle bounce off of the, the, the level there, the support level. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the buyers are coming in at that point. Yeah. Really good call. I like that. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, NVIDIA I've got next. And, you know, what I, I mean... This is a big smiley face, right? I mean, what a move. And uh, we're right now back up to where it had broken out last, you know, a year ago, effectively, and then rejected and started the downtrend um, before we, you know, hit that bottom in October. And now have effectively, it's a mirror image and right back up to the up to, you know, 277.77 was the close on Friday. And if we get good volume breaking above 282, uh, for me, that would be incredibly bullish. The the things I'm noting is kind of being hesitant is the RSI on NVIDIA is absolutely, uh, you know, at its at the peak, but it keeps trending up there. So maybe uh, that it, it flattens out and then just keeps moving higher. Um, so it's just something to note. Um, but the 20-day moving average, the yellow line, has, has been holding, and we're not even close to coming down and breaking or even testing that. So... I think I said last week I thought we might come down and touch that as a test point and then move higher, but 
not even close. Just keep moving higher with NVIDIA. What do you see on this one, Sean? Yeah, so, so this one I see, obviously, like you said, it's over, it seems a bit overextended. It's just not stopping. Yeah. Um, personally, I think I mentioned it last week as well, in the previous week, I would like to actually see it consolidate and create a, you know, a section of support, um, just a bit of strength, really, um, and then perhaps move off of the 50 once it kind of consolidates and meets that point. But generally, this is the kind of stuff I don't really touch. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term outlook. Uh, it's a dream for those kind of people. Unfortunately, I don't hold NVIDIA. Um, but um, generally, stuff like this, you're, kind of waiting for, you're almost waiting for it to hit resistance and move back down. Um, but for the moment, for me, it's just, it seems like it's too extended. I know we've had it in the past with Tesla, where it just doesn't stop for months and months. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2020, I think. Once it goes, it goes. And if it does that, great. And it's an opportunity I've missed, but at the same time, there's plenty of opportunities. But really, from a technical level, yeah, like you say, wait for that 282, and then you know, it should be straight up to 300, I reckon. Right. I always want to wait for a pullback, and then I never get it in stocks like this. <laughs> Kay. I know Kay <laughs> yeah. has uh, some interesting stuff to say on NVIDIA. What have you got this yes. week? So, um, you know, I, I don't know if uh, last week I was, again, looking at... Uh, uh, getting out of the position, uh, I did not get out of the position because, uh, um, interestingly, there on the call side for next week we have over fifteen thousand open interest at three hundred level. Oh wow! And, and if you look at the put side, you only get like two thousand, three thousand open interest between two fifty five and two seventy five. Um, on the fib level, if you Pull out, zoom out a little bit on the weekly. You will see the 290 would be a, a decent resistance because that was the all-time high uh, in the on the weekly side most recently. But with 300 uh, at the 300 level, with so many option interests, and uh, I did see a couple of uh, dark pool activities as well. That there were a couple of alerts that came out. Oh, uh, I think it was on unusual whales as well. Um, so a lot of uh, buying on Nvidia that's going on. That could be attributed to the fact of the all AI hype. As you can also see that there is another stock called uh, C3 AI, and that stock particularly uh, ran up, uh, I think, almost 30 plus percent in the last five days. And uh, again, with NVIDIA and any other stock which is an AI um, uh, exposure does get the benefit. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, very much so. The AI trend is... It faded a little bit there, but I think it's still pretty strong. Every earnings report mentions AI, right? That's still going to continue, I think. And exactly. and we mentioned the the chips, the semiconductors leading the way. We've looked at SMH in weeks past, and so yeah, I think that um, it's the most interesting sector for me. And we've got a few more charts in here actually, um, so I'm going to keep them rolling because next up in the same sector is uh, RMBS Rambus. And this is a little bit off the radar for most. I don't know that too many have looked into it. Uh, at least I don't hear about too much chatter on Rambus. So again, ticker RMBS, um, look into it. I, I'm trading, you know, I'm, I'm talking this from a purely trading standpoint. But what you see here is the, the continued higher highs and using the prior resistance as support. And just calling out here that we've got a nice leading chart in the sector Big breakout last week. I mean, look at those. <laughs> that, was, that was a ridiculous move. All the way up to f- above 50, closing at 51.26. Um, so just a huge move for, for Rambus. I would expect that we see a similar pattern play out where this pulls back and uh, we get a, little, a you know potential test of 45 again. But, you know, 50 is a psych level that could hold up. So um, I'm not sure that I would jump in here if I wasn't in already, um, but it's definitely leading the pack. And if it pulls back and you do get an opportunity at 45, and, and really looking at the 20-day and 50-day moving averages, we get back to a touch point there. Uh, I like that as a potential opportunity to, to get in. So, um, yeah, Sean, any thoughts on Rambus on this chart? Yeah, so this one, you touched on it right at the end of your, your um, talking there, and 50 moving average looks like a key point for me. Um, it's touched there one, two, three, four, five, six times in the last seven months. Yeah. Um, so it seems to like that level. So I'd be looking for it to kind of consolidate a bit, or even if it goes for a big one, go for a big one, sure. 
but then you come back down to that kind of 50, test it again, and like you say, it could be a good um, entry point possibly. That's only thing I can really see that oh, well, I can really add to this chart, even though you touched on it at the end there anyway. <laughs> oh, good stuff. About I have a I have a question for you, Nate, on this one. So yeah. I, this particular ticker, how long did it take for uh, it to jump from 40 to 45? I It's hard for me to see this chart actually on my screen. Yeah, no problem. It, it looks like, so it broke through about February of this year. Um, that's when it actually got through January, February of this year. So let me just pull it up over in my thinkorswim and I can get a little bit more accurate for you. So yeah, so we broke above 40 um, mid-January on the 18th and that was the big candle up above and then got to the 45 level um, by the second week of February, February 9th. Got it. Um, so I think in, in, in this particular ticker, we don't get weekly options. Uh, the next option expiration is on 4:21, so I'm look, I'm look, I'm seeing the open interest uh, call side at 7:57 at 55 and 2:67 at 47. So interestingly, that those numbers will change every single week, considering the three weeks out on the expiration, mm-hmm. uh, depending upon the price movement here. Yeah, this one only offers the monthlies, and uh, so you know whether or not that's something that you like to trade. The common trading the common stock, I think, for given the size moves that this stock has had and um, the the way it sets itself up, I think it's, it presents some good opportunities. So I think the last one I have in chips, yep, and then we'll jump over to everybody's favorite Tesla, uh, is Marvell, ticker MRVL. I mentioned this in the past. I, I really like this. Continue to trade the range. So I just want to touch on this quickly and note that, you know, I, I thought we would go up to that mid-range point and stall out because of the... 50-day moving average and 150-day coming in. And we're starting to see exactly that. It, it moved right up to that, um, to both of those averages as the 50s crossed above the 150 and rejected a little bit only to bounce a little bit higher and get above 42. I can see us coming back and testing that before moving higher and continuing up in the channel. But that's how I'm trading it is I'm trading bottom of the channel to the top um, and selling cover calls along the way. As, as I go, um, the, the MACD, I mentioned earlier in the call that we've got a lot of charts with positive signal, uh, signaling from MACD. And so that, again, that white line crossing above the longer term, is that red? You guys have to help me with colors. I think that's red. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. So that's a positive sign. One of these days I'll remember. And that, that is also moving back into positive territory, the MACD being. So I like it. RSI is trending higher and has plenty of room to move up. So I think we have more room to the upside. And, and that's what I'm looking for with Marvell. Um, I know I mentioned this last week. Did you uh, take a look at this one at all, Sean? Any interest in Marvell? I didn't, know. Um, we spoke about it before, obviously, on the space. I've not looked into it. I think it's just because of the, the volume on my platform's not so great for it. So my entries and efforts are not, not wonderful. Gotcha, um, yeah. But just going to the analysis of this chart, I just want to add in that this like it's got a nice channel moving mostly. You've drawn higher highs, higher lows, which looks good. Um, so then you can you combine that with the RSI at the bottom, got some good momentum behind it. Yep, that's what I, I think we're going to continue to see that all the way up to the top of the channel, and then it'll be time to reassess. That's the way I'm trading it, anyways. And Kay, I don't think this is a one that's got big option activity. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but it does have a weekly uh, option expiration. It does. So on four six, we have about uh, one thousand six hundred open interest at forty four five, and six forty four uh, put options at forty one. Um, but yeah, so as you can see, a couple you know compared to the spies and QQQs and a couple other major caps, you know these option interests are very low, and the bid ask is always a little wider uh, compared to those. Yeah. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. I do like it because of the weekly for the covered call portfolio. So uh, I, I did have that in the covered call portfolio, selling the weekly uh, calls against it and generating the premiums. And they're pretty decent premiums, um, but not a ton of volume. Yep. All right, so let's get to Tesla. Uh, Sean, you posted your chart there. I'll let you start. What do you see this week? I see, uh, again, since we trend with this, this week's space, and that is uh, good momentum. So we've had a massive green candle on Friday. Excuse me if you can hear seagulls. That's uh, 
the birds of Brighton. Nice. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> we pushed through that 199, basically, fourth level, and you can see my famous blue circles there. This is just quite a key level in the, uh, in the last couple of six months or so. Um, and it looks like we've kind of broken straight through that. Um, there was a little bit of testing overnight um, in the before and after hours on Thursday night and Friday morning. Um, I did enter a train got out about 2.03, which is a bit of a shame because I could have got a lot more, but you know, that's trading. Move on. Um, but really, on the, on the long term perspective, I'm looking for that test of 2.16, which is the line I've drawn there. Um, and we know what Tesla can be like. It could just push straight through that on good volume, good momentum. As you can see on, uh, on Friday, we had good volume. Um, so that's something to be to, to look forward to. Um, and I think this time last week we mentioned that the fact that it was playing around that 20 day moving average and it's kind of touched it about four or five times and just launched straight off it and used it as a launch pad. So uh, yeah, good momentum for Tesla. And if you see the same things, or maybe something slightly different with this one. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Kay. Go ahead. So something to add that uh, on the on the news side uh, that may also um, that may actually agree with what Sean is saying. So Tesla reported um, the Q1 delivery, delivery numbers, and the expectation was about 421.2k uh, cars. They delivered 422,875 vehicles in Q1. Um, so I do think that that would be a pretty bullish momentum uh, for Tesla, especially on Monday. And a lot of option um, chains will get updated accordingly. And then, of course, Tesla is reporting earnings in April 19th, so about three weeks from now. Oh, yeah, that is good news. Didn't see that. Yeah, I like the big breakthrough on strong volume of that 198 level. That's That jumps out. And I noted that we've, we got the same breakthrough in February, but the volume was just in line with the trading that had been going on at the time, where this looks like... Um, but, and, we might have a return to bullishness, right? Um, but most notably is that 200-day moving average sliding down right at that 216 level. Um, that's where I really want to see big volume and a breakout above. If we get huge volume on a move above the 200-day, I mean, I think your technical analysts out there and, uh, I mean, everybody paying attention to Tesla will get excited. And you know how this one goes when you get momentum. So um, I think that's really yeah. key. If we if we get that push um, and break above that 200-day lookout, you know, so I, I'd definitely be watching that closely. Definitely one to watch, yeah. It can be brutal, though, right? Tesla's like, <laughs> you, you yeah. get that perfect setup and it just absolutely pulls the rug on you on occasion. So you need to be careful. Always trade accordingly with a, a stock that moves the way Tesla does. It, it moves um, quite viciously hours and after hours too not many stops do that and they just normally lay dormant unless there's news of course um, and Tesla seems to move quite a lot even just in those um, how open market hours yeah. found that. it really does yeah I completely agree it's, it's worth noting and just to add to what another point I was looking into so, so Tesla reported its uh, Q1 numbers I believe Rivian is also reporting its numbers uh, I think Monday or Tuesday then GM and Ford are also going to report their Q1 sales report. So a lot of car companies or electric vehicle companies are going to report earnings. So that's another option you can look at from trading. So I know that we are not covering GM and Ford charts today, but uh, something we'll start looking into doing that as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some better. We got Neo next. How about that? <laughs> Sean, Sean, you're the... Good week. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You've been posting, I saw. What do you got to say about Neo? Uh, I've probably been posting too much, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but the, the ultimate news for me on this one, from a technical point of view, is this break of the, the two-year trend line that we've been consistently hitting. Uh, well, not consistently, but you know, consistently under the trend line, shall we say. And it looks like we've broken through. Now, I, I'm being the conservative man-ish that I am. I want to see a few more days above the trend line, um, maybe even a couple of weeks. And hopefully we can set a new trend, um, hopefully in the, in the upward trajectory. And I think we've got a few indicators that show that here. And uh, so let's dive into the chart a little bit. We've got that bottom level, the 806. Um, that's the, basically the lowest point we hit a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we've moved straight through the two moving averages that I've drawn here, which is the 20 and the 50. 
Um, and we've seen in the past, which is why I've zoomed out a little bit, um, if you look at the kind of top left of this chart, you can see a big volume, um, well, not a huge volume, but a good, a good amount of volume and lots of green bars straight up to that 200 um, moving average. Obviously, it's a bit of a big ask, going from 10.50, um, well, essentially 9 at the beginning of last week, all the way up to 14 in the space of a few weeks. But stocks like this, they can move that, and I mentioned that last week. And we've got big retail following, got lots of news, and lots of things happening as well for NEO. Obviously, lots of uh, battery swapping uh, talk is getting out there into the open, which is great. So it could it could move that way, and it could potentially be unhealthy as well for the stock. I need to stop talking about NEO, so I'm going to hand over to someone else, see what they think, what they think about the chart. But for me, really, it looks, uh, looks bullish from, from my point of view. Okay, should we just kick it right back to Sean for more comments on Neo? <laughs> yeah, actually, I have a question for, have a question for uh, Sean about Neo. So, Neo, so Sean, what, what is your uh, uh, midterm uh, look for Neo in the next three to six months? Like, how, where do you see the price action moving? I mean, I know I know we talk uh, weekly uh, numbers, but what do you think from three six months standpoint? So, I think again, moving up to that fourteen level would be a great start. Um, over the next while, it's like, it could take a couple of months for that. Um, but based on the price, actually, will be based on the amount of deliveries uh, that the, the company is delivering. Um, so at the moment, we're kind of in the tens, twelve thousands in the last few months or so. Obviously, January is a bit of an anomaly, COVID, etc., in China. Um, but they're really ramping up. They want to hit at least, I think, two hundred fifty thousand vehicles uh, this year. And in order to do that, there's another hundred and fifty odd uh, deliveries because they only hit about. 31 already so far this year. So that will be alongside the growth of the, the price, uh, well, the growth of the stock price, in my opinion. Um, so I'm hoping towards the end of the year, I move up to 20 would be fantastic. And I think that's very much doable. And I think that would be great for, for the stock in the future years to come as well, when they really ramp up the deliveries, really ramp up that kind of technology that they've got. Um, so yeah, moving up to 20 by the end of the year would be my target. I may sound a bit crazy, but that's the, that's the, you know, the following that I've, I've had with this stock. And that kind of aligns because the, the Chinese economy is ramping up, you know, the markets are open up, I think all the COVID restrictions are down. Uh, so that, that may even happen as the numbers, as the delivery numbers, you know, go up uh, in the next couple of quarters. Absolutely. And I almost posted the Hang Seng Index um, for this week's call. Um, but I didn't just I had too many charts and I didn't want to go overboard. But that's looking, that's shaping up to be kind of moving into an upward trend as well. So if the Chinese index, and obviously Neo is a Chinese company, so hopefully that will go with it. These are, these are all, yeah, these are all great comments, and Neo's very interesting here, I think. Um, I, I thought that we would see it fizzle when it got back up to 940, and uh, it, it yeah, wrote. I didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I was really wondering how that was going to impact our friendship, Sean. But you know, <laughs> here we are. It powered right through, so everything's good, and uh, it you know followed the momentum of the market. I like that, and I, I agree with you. Uh, deliveries and guidance on deliveries as we go through the year, I think will be huge. So uh, definitely worth watching. And I think these are great levels if you are a long-term investor. You know, I know Kay was mentioning the short or the medium term, you know, three six months, but. These look like good accumulation levels, right, um, for the longer term. But, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. We can see the kind of resistance of 13, so that would be a big test as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's see, did I just want to make sure I didn't miss? Okay, good, I didn't. All right, so next up in the charts, we shift gears a little bit. I've got Baba posted, ticker B-A-B-A, -A, and uh, so for Alibaba, and... We got back above 100 last week, huge level to get above. Um, 102.18 was the close. This got on our radar because one of the listeners has recommended or asked that we uh, take a look, so appreciate that. And again, if anybody else has any uh, comments or uh, requests, send them in. We'll gladly take a look. Uh, but for me, the big news here was uh, that 100 level, you can see previously had been rejected at, at a couple of times. And then when we broke through... Um, at the end of, or the beginning of this year, I should say, uh, it quickly retraced and, you know, we, big sell-off all the way down to 80 before this recent recovery. Big news last week with um, the division dividing up the company, which is what got that big spike and the continued move higher above 100. 
So given all that news, um, you know, the, the saying is buy the rumor, sell the news, but um, this looks like it might have some legs. And I think, yeah, I really want to see a hundred dollars hold. If we do dip, at least hold that 50 day moving average, which is that light blue at about 97 right now. So um, if we see that, I like a positive, you know, the, the bullishness to continue. The MACD at the, the bottom side here, you can see I circled the positive crossover there again. Um, but it is a little overextended given that, that recent move. So I'm interested to see what happens here at 100. Uh, any additional thoughts on Baba, Sean? Yeah, just for this one, you mentioned it could be overextended, which is perfectly viable. If you look at the beginning of the year from um, January to February, that whole time it was in the overbought section in the vertical commas. So just because it could go up there, of course, and it could actually stay up there, so it could make a move back up to that 120 line. Um, you can see exactly the same thing happened at the beginning of the year. It could happen, but like you mentioned, you're looking for it to hold the moving averages. That's generally how I trade personally as well. So, um, yeah, maybe the 20 could cross through the 50 eventually in the coming coming weeks. Yeah, we would like to see a nice uptrend form versus uh, continuing sideways in this somewhat sloppy channel. Uh, big moves, though, right? I mean, 80 to 100 to 120, these are not uh, small moves at all. So it's a good trading stock, in my opinion. Would you add anything yeah, to the? Would you add anything to that, Kay? Yeah, I think uh, from an option standpoint, if you are trading for next week, these are weekly options as well. So four six expiration, we see nine thousand open interest at one o five, about eight thousand open interest at one o ten. Sorry, one ten. And on the put side, we see about two thousand three hundred options, uh, give or take, at hundred level. Uh, but just to add a couple of the news article that might help. Um, so uh, Alibaba, we, we heard that Jack Ma again is surfacing back up. You know, he was uh, uh, out of sight or missing in action for a long time. Uh, that's, that has been happening. Um, Alibaba is reportedly um, going to um, launch or, or do an IPO for its logistic unit. Uh, that's going to be about a $20 billion on the Hong Kong um, um, stock exchange. And then we also saw that uh, because I think the investor call last week for Baba was the real trigger for this big bump up. So those are a couple of um, uh, tidbit information that you may use during your uh, add to, add to your trading as well. Yeah, good stuff as always. Thank you, Kay. That actually really gives a lot of you know context and perspective around the technical analysis. And uh, you know, news will often trump anything or. You know, it, it will be one of those things where you've got to uh, consider the news against the technical analysis at times because sometimes it'll just be more powerful than whatever levels that we've seen in the past. Obviously, big news events can can really move markets. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead, Sean. Yeah, that's a great recent example, right? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the wrong way, but yeah. Um, all right, so uh, the next two charts, I just wanted to call out. They're two of my favorites, actually, for longer term. I like what the companies are about with respect to um, digital uh, online shopping and, and and setting up for the long term with that the way the market, where we're, <laughs> I'm rambling, but where we're moving um, with respect to shopping online and just the whole digital aspect of things. So... Uh, Shopify in particular has done the whole range level up that we were talking about in previous weeks. We'd seen range leveling down. Um, here we've got uh, the range that had been held since last May, it looks like. Um, so about a year ago. Moved up in February. And I actually remember we were talking about this getting resistance at 50 and selling back off. And it did exactly that. Um, but it's found support right at that 50-day moving average, you got rid of the other moving averages to keep it clean and drew in that trend line there to kind of highlight that we are on a nice trend up. It's holding it really nicely, and I'm, I'm looking for a retest of uh, the recent highs here and a break higher. Um, we could see a double top and you know push back down in this range, but I think this is a nice range to trade, and so that's what, that's what I'm watching for Shopify. Uh, and also note the MACD crossover again, showing that bull bullish signal. Um, as I've been rambling on, have you noticed anything else, Sean, that you would add? Um, just if 
very consistent looking snark and looks lovely. Um, this one is quite similar to actually Sono, which we'll have a look at for later on as well. This is been moving up this is the day chart and this just looks very, very nice and very if you're long term on this stock particularly, this is what you want to see. You want to see a nice gradual growth and nothing too choppy, like you can see the big uh, the left side of this chart, big choppy action for a few months there. Um, but yeah, nice slow growth, nice move up to fifty one would be great. And I hope we can push through that and maybe make some, some new highs at well not new highs, but new recent highs at fifty two. Yeah, I didn't mention, but um, 41-ish was a, uh, a ceiling that went all the way back to 2019 that had been broken through and then, you know, the big rally in 2020 and everything. And then once we got back below it, um, that's that was a pretty tough uh, level to get above. Now that we're back above, retested it and are moving higher, um, that's giving me some confidence. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what happens next. Anything to add here, Kay? Yeah, uh, on the option side, we do see a lot of op call options for 46, 4,300 plus open interest at 48 level. And I guess we saw this big bump up because uh, last week Shopify announced that uh, they will do a Google AI cloud integration for the merchants that will use the AI for all the shops that will be open through Shopify. So again, you know, those are some of these uh, events that you should keep in mind. Uh, as you trade on a weekly basis or even a little bit longer term. Yeah, and there you go again, AI, right? You just you mentioned it earlier and uh, exactly. still making headlines, not going anywhere. Yeah, um, a lot of, uh, lot of companies, interestingly, are creating apps that are AI-driven using either ChatGPT or Google's Bard or any other, uh, but there are a lot of apps that are popping up uh, often. And, and I was just looking at Zoom, Zoom has launched, I think, three or four apps as an integration that you can, uh, you don't have to record your uh, meeting minutes anymore. While you're talking, uh, the app by itself will generate all the meeting notes for you along with action items. So there you go. Along with action items. There you go. Exactly. I like it. Pretty soon we're just going to tune into these chart sessions and ask the AI yeah. what we should be looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's too good. So, um, yeah, the next, uh, so just keeping it moving, but that's great info. Uh, appreciate that, Kay. Um, so Mercado Libre. Oh, you know, I want to ask you actually, uh, Kay, back on the Shopify and actually tie into Mercado, right? So, yeah. um, Shopify did a reverse split, right? So they had yes. a, um, a shop, uh, a price that was, I can't remember, but it was in the thousand, four, four thousand digits. Plus, yeah. It was yeah. Thousand plus. I think they split, I think five to one, if I'm not. That sounds right. And so um, what are your thoughts there when it comes to options trading? Do you like um, having the larger stock and the, therefore the larger premiums? Or do you like it um, at this lower level with the more affordable premiums? And I ask because I've heard options traders argue on both sides and pretty uh, um, with a lot of passion. Uh, that, that's a very good question, Nate. So I, I think I, I like the, the mega caps, but I prefer them between 100 and 200 level because mm. if you are opening a cash secured put, if you're going at 300, 400 level, then you just need that much more capital. So if a, if yeah. a stock is a $1,000 stock for a hundred, one contract, I need $100,000 on a cash secured put if I'm using that strategy. Right. If I'm using a, a bear spread or, or a bull spread or whatever, where I'm not, I don't have to put that much capital, then it makes sense to go for those kind of stocks. Mm -hmm. But I prefer the, the lower price stocks, uh, especially at the 100, 150, 200 level. And also the ones that are at 40, 50 level. Uh, classic example, Intel is one of my weekly uh, trading stocks that I do every single week. I started using uh, Google for a couple of weeks now. Shopify is my long term, so I just open covered calls on those. Oh, nice. uh, but um, I don't trade Shopify on a weekly basis, but that I just run covered calls for like three months, six months out. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks for your perspective there. I, I agree. I like, uh, I like exactly basically the ranges you talked about um, because of the amount of capital you have to push out when put out when you're dealing with the larger, you know, single share prices and the, re the stock splits obviously do not matter from a standpoint of, you know, performance and all of that. Other than I do, I have, I have this sneaking suspicion, I don't know, maybe this has been 
discussed and I just haven't been paying attention. But then when you drop the share price and you open up the affordability to more retail trader, traders to invest and trade and utilize options. So um, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. Because if you if you remember this the same issue we used to have with Amazon before the split, same issue we used mm-hmm. to have with Google, mm-hmm. because there are just less number of traders or even retail investors who can actually use options at, at those levels. Now if these stocks are hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars, you can see a lot more retail investor participation as opposed to just, you know, professional uh, uh, traders, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So I mentioned Mercado Libre. I've got the the new 52-week high noted here on the next chart. And so the ticker is M-E-L-I. This is another one I like uh, quite a bit for the longer term. And we're getting a nice level up again with these ranges. Um, what I'm curious about is we, we got a nice nice move in to start the year. It, and then we just continue to move higher, nice new higher highs, higher lows. And then now we've got this 52-week uh high that was established last last week so um do we check back i would i would see that being a a reasonable response check back a little bit here before moving or continuing higher Um, but i would use the 50 day um, as support Um, you see that light blue line moved up nicely and has been acting as support recently and we are in positive territory for the macd again so uh Everything looks great here uh, overall, and it ties into the you know what we talked about at the very beginning of this call is a lot of positive sentiment and indicators heading into next week. Um, so nothing's guaranteed by any chance, but it does feel a lot better to have that as we head into the week. Um, okay, would you add anything here? Uh, definitely not the stock for options. Not much uh, <laughs> uh, liquidity. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, good call. Definitely more of a stock trading. Uh, common stock. How about you, Sean? Uh, not just the volume increase that I can see there in the last few days, but uh, other than that, you touched on everything I was speaking of there. Nice new, 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 50 week, uh, new 52 week high. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you can continue the momentum. And like you say, all the indicators and a lot of stocks that are looking good. So, we'll see. Are you familiar with this one? No, not at all. I mean, I have heard a bit. And I know it's. Um, Big, obviously big stock, big, big company, but not one I've traded before, no. Gotcha, yeah. I always like to ask. All right, so let's uh, finish strong here with these last few charts. We've got a handful left to get through, and Sean, uh, let's start with Palantir. Palantir, yes. It's been a bit frustrating one, actually, in the last, last, uh, the last week or so. We had lots of uh, momentum, obviously, in the markets, lots of different stocks, but this one just never took off. Um, but I think maybe with this chart that I've drawn here, a few indicators that suggest maybe it could make a, a nice little move. And what I mean by that is the, the three moving averages, you've got the 20, and you've got the 50, and the 200, basically combining to make one line around about that 8, well, maybe 820 level. Um, and we had a nice green candle, as like many other stocks did on Friday. Um, so perhaps we can make a move up to that 9 level, which I think would be really good. Um, and like I say, Using those moving averages a bit of a launch platform because um, it quite often happens, especially in the t- smaller time frames. Uh, Nate, you might be able to speak a bit on that for trading. Um, but yeah, moving up to that nine level, pushing through that, you can see I've drawn the line there. That's a lot of uh, resistance I've drawn. And then maybe a bit of momentum, we can move up to that 10 level and uh, maybe through 11 in the, in the months to come. But uh, you can see the yellow box I've drawn at the bottom there. That's the, the, the point where I'd be looking to buy for a long term position. If it was to fall back down to that uh, that kind of area, um, but if you have any thoughts on that, maybe maybe a little bit of touch on the, the moving averages as a launch platform, that'd be great. Yeah. So I, I, when you're talking about accumulating in the in the yellow box area there, so from a shorter term perspective, that's exactly the approach when you're swing trading, right? So um, as we get dips there, and you're using that as support, and then you get to move up higher, you start taking profits as you're reaching those. Uh, you know, new levels, and and that's, you know, that's basically what I'm seeing for Palantir here. Is it's you can see potentially good swing trade opportunities. What I'd be looking for is um, next is that 850, 845, 850 level to uh, be busted through and then retested. It does look like in the past we've gotten a number of head fakes or hesitation right right at this level. Um, but yeah. I, 
a little frustrating, but the fact that you've got the consolidation of all of these moving averages right here at this spot, uh, definitely, uh, I like, like you said, Launchpad, I like the possibility there. Um, the flip side of that is if it breaks through below, um, then that would be concerned. So, yeah, yeah. So, but it's nice that, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? You get a little bit of conformity here, everything coming together and get a decision one way or another. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Did you have anything to add on Palantir? I know there's some, there's options trading in Palantir is pretty active if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think for retail investors, one of the most favorite stocks, um, uh, a very, very strong uh, group of individuals who like Palantir. A uh, lot of uh, bullish uh, uh, options uh, for the three weeks out. If I'm looking at four, uh, 414 expiration, you're looking at almost 10,000 uh, open interest between $8 and $10. So split between at $8.59, $9.50, like $2,000, $4,000, like that. Um, Whereas if you look at the put side for, let's say, $2 down between 8 and $6, there's really not much going on. Maybe 2,000 contracts, 50, 60 contracts, uh, open interest. So a lot of bullish uh, indication at this point in time. Uh, I didn't see any specific news, though, that made these option prices go up. And the good way, the, if you're trading options for Palantir, it's a great stock because the, the bid and ask is pretty tight, mostly at between a dollar or two dollars. So I definitely keep this uh, on my watch list every week. I think it's a great stock for trading. I agree. And this is a great uh, place for accumulation. Um, if we were to dip back, I, I like the way you've mapped this out, Sean, where you're accumulating and looking for the long term, but you're being, you know, you're being sharp and realistic on what's going on with the, the price action. So I think that's what we do. That's what we do here, right? Use these charts and uh, trade accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, just to add in the final bit on Palantir, we saw it recently, I we spoke about just earlier on the space, but with Tesla, um, the four days, it kind of sat around that moving average, and then obviously it moved up. Um, not, necessarily, not, necessarily, uh, not necessarily saying it's going to move up and explode, et cetera. Um, but, but it can happen, and I think that does it does help having all that support all in one place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's keep it moving. We got two more charts here, and this next one looks gorgeous. Uh, so Sonos yeah. ticker S O N O, nice uptrend, nice uh, everything going on here. What do you? What would you say here, Sean? I want to get off straight off the bat is this 1869 level there, thereabouts, obviously, not exactly. Um, I have drawn seven blue circles. In the that's a record. Cycle. I think that's a record. Yeah, yeah it is, <laughs> which means technically that's a very good support slash resistance in, in, in right. basic trading terms. Um, and we can see that just in the last two, well, three weeks, maybe just over three weeks, it's hit that level um, twice. So you can see that's hit it recently, so sometimes you have it back in the past and it's not so solid, etc. But because it's hit recently, it acts as a bit more of a solid support. Now, obviously, we have that green candle as well moving through the 20 and the 50 moving average, and I would like to see a confirmation, maybe a, another green candle tomorrow. Um, it doesn't have to be huge or anything like that, but just a confirmation of a move above those two moving averages. And it just continued this trend upwards. So we, we can see, just you know, pull back a little bit um, from October last year, been on a lovely trend up, and as you say, it's, it's a lovely looking chart. Um, and I've been looking to look um, go to that 21 level. I think that's ultimately my target. Um, and then obviously we'll see through, through the future months and where it will go after that. Yeah, that would close that gap too, right? You got a big gap fill. Oh, it already closed the gap. Never mind. Closed that one already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I skipped right over that. So it's already closed that. So, but I like that for the price target because, you know, as I mentioned in the past, when we close gaps, you often get a reversal kind of caught, it cools off for a minute and then you see what happens and and given the nice launch here and the re double test of that 1869 i like this setup as well yeah and i would, i think i would target the exact same level that 21 ish 2132 level for uh, taking profits uh if you are in the trade to the upside yeah good looking chart yeah, yeah don't mess this chart up Kay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's much open interest on the option side. I was looking through a couple of weeks out. It's 
few hundred options in the open interest. So doesn't look like a lot of movement on the options. That's okay. We'll let the chart do the work this, on this one. Take care. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, guys. All right. Last uh, ticker of this week is Lucid. And I have not looked at Lucid for a while. I'm really glad you posted this, Sean. Um, so please open up and let us know. What... <laughs> Unfortunately, the arrow is pointing the wrong direction. But what are your thoughts on Lucid? It is. And that's just for one thing, really, that they laid off that 18% of their workforce um, yeah. earlier on in the week, which uh, for a growth company, now you might say more on this, Nate, with your experience in, in the industry, well, not the industry, but in, in stocks in general. Um, as a growth company, laying off 18% doesn't sound great to me, um, if I'm honest with you. So I'm, I'm anticipating maybe a move slightly lower. Obviously, it depends what happens in macro. And we're sitting at that kind of two, uh, that 20 day moving average. And you can see throughout the chart, I should have drawn more blue circles, or just blue circles in general. And um, but yeah, <laughs> it's kind of played that 20 day moving average quite nicely in the past, as you can see throughout this chart. So maybe a move lower to bounce off of that, we can see. Um, kind of tailed off a bit on the 20 level that I've drawn on Friday, whereas every other chart seems to be finishing bullish and right at the top of the candle, if that makes sense. So, yeah, if it does break that 7.36, I think it would be a nice a nice trade all the way down to that kind of maybe 6.50 just to be a bit safer. Um, but, yeah, if we break that support, I can see just straight down to 6, that, that sort of level. Feel the same. Yeah, the 736 looks like it is support. And if we break that and close below that, you know, if we get a daily close below that level, um, that, that would be extremely bearish. And, and I agree. I mean, there's not a lot to love here given every other stock we looked at today has got a lot of, uh, positive signs to them. It seems like, or at least the majority, right? And if not, they're in a sideways range where, you know, Lucid doesn't seem to have a lot going for it. And you asked about, a growth company uh, laying off 18% of the workforce. It's not always negative. I mean, I do. Th- I haven't looked into this uh, close enough, and I'm guessing, though, that this is not a positive sign for Lucid um, because it's all about when in the cycle, like when the timing is. Um, so what I mean by that is if, the, if a company has gone through a huge development phase and now that's behind them and we're in the production phase and you, you can slim slim down and kind of trim headcount, that's different. You know, you might have a huge shift and even then 18% seems a little, a little steep um, because usually you're just transitioning your workforce, right? So I would agree. Overall, it is negative. It doesn't always have to be, but for a growth company like Lucid where it's at, um, 18% layoffs is, is concerning. Um, and the stock price and the chart seems to be reflecting exactly exactly that. Would you uh, add anything to that the, that overall commentary, Kay? Um, no, I agree with most of the sentiments. Uh, interestingly, on the option side, we saw a much more uh, increment in the prices of the call side. Uh, for 414, we had a couple of uh, price changes as high as almost 50-60%, whereas the number of options, uh, options premium on the put side actually went down. Uh, so that that's I don't know how to, uh, you know, interpret that, but I do agree. I, th- I think it's important for Lucid to really get their finances in order. Rather, so not not looking from a trading perspective, but more like if you want to invest in that company. Uh, another company that comes to my mind, which we talked about a little bit earlier, was Rivian. Mm-hmm. So Rivian, Lucid, very similar. Another company I know that, Sean, you don't focus on it is Polestar, PSNY. Um these are other, you know, I guess, competitors of Tesla, I would say, along with the traditional auto car makers in that space. Um, I, just, I don't trade Lucid much. Uh, I stick with Tesla mostly for the premiums. Yeah, there's no shortage of premiums uh, with Tesla, so can't fault you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, this is good stuff. I, I did want to add one one ticker. I'm not going to, we don't have a chart on it, but... Uh, I mentioned Mara at ticker M-A-R-A, Marathon Digital, and just plain and simple, I'm looking for a break of 9.12 for a swing high trade. If we get a break above and a retest of 9.12, then I'm going to get bullish for more upside. It's been a nice move up there as well, and following the Bitcoin crowd, uh, Bitcoin being up 70% this year, uh, those those stocks that will align with Bitcoin I think are pretty interesting. So just wanted to drop that note. Um, Sean, is there anything... 
in particular this week, any one stock um, or that you're looking at, or is it kind of looking across the watch list like usual? Yeah, looking across the watch list. Um, just, just before we jump into the kind of final stage, then would you, with the Mara, would you look at the Bitcoin chart in order to influence your Mara position, or do you just look at the general Mara position? I look at. I, that's a great question. I definitely look at both. So I start by trying. I look at Mara and just try to analyze the chart without any bias of, and any other knowledge, and just see what I see. And then I take a look at Bitcoin and try to draw correlations and see if maybe Bitcoin's ahead of Mara at that point. Then, you know, I can see where it's moved and, and try to trade accordingly. Um, yeah, so that's that's how I use it. That's interesting, yeah. It's just to close off the week then for that one. For me, it's, just, it's always the same thing for, for me, but a little bit extra here. But there's not really much in the way of news reports. I don't know if you feel the same way, Kay. We'll get your thoughts in a second. Um, but I can see a few jobs things that, that was uh, key. But generally, yeah, looking at the shortlist. Um, obviously, this is a great shortlist that we do every Sunday. Um, I write them all down. I write down all, all the notes, etc. Um, this is great, great for me. But yeah, nothing. Just you know, stay safe. Don't, don't overdo it. Don't overtrade. Um, I did that a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, I got burnt for it. This week was a lot better for me. I'm just trading a lot less, and uh, there's a lot to be said. And just you know, focusing on just a few trades and surprised what you can achieve. Yeah, 100% aligned with that. What additional yep, thoughts would you add, Kay? No, I, I agree with all the comments. I think um, safe trading, I think, uh, is, is better to uh, generate small profits rather than going for the fences every single trade. Uh, and sometimes don't take trades if it's not the right setup, whether it's on the option side, whether it's in your day trading, swing trading, scalping, whatever you do. Even for long-term investing, um, you know, always buy stocks when the market is dipping rather than when the market is ripping up higher. Um, looking at RSI, MACDs, uh, even for investors, I think that's that's important to uh, not buy stocks when it's overheated. A uh, couple of tips like that, I guess, just keeping in mind these um, guidelines or gu- you know, guardrails helps you in long term. Yeah, hopefully all the conversations, and that's why we bring up these indicators, and uh, hopefully they're helpful and you guys use this information every week. We, I do post this. If you're interested, uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter. It's free, and, and we post these recordings. So if you missed part or all of it, you can check it out there. Um, but, yeah, every week, this is great. Uh, as always, Sean and Kay, I learn a lot, and I've got a ton of notes here for my trading this week. Uh, I, I personally think that we've got great setups here. So I think my parting words of wisdom or, or, or whatever two cents would be um, – you know, if you make some solid trades and you make some really good gains this week, and if it's the start of the week or throughout the whole week, you know, there's it's great to take your profits. Always take your profits and enjoy them, but don't get over enthusiastic and turn those profits and dump them into bad trades that you didn't put the research into. Right? Make sure you uh, you you continue with the same process and same discipline. And like Kay said, if you need to just take those wins and take a break and not trade for a day to kind of let the adrenaline cool off. That's That might save you more money than you, you might think. So uh, that would be it for this week. Thanks again, you guys. Appreciate all your insights. And uh, looking forward to a good trading week. Happy trading. Take care, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Take care.